This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Joy 94.9 presents Absolutely Everybody. Sponsored by and presented by Anecto, the People Network. Absolutely everybody, only on Joy 94.9. Today's show, we're talking to an amazing man that's known as a ninja, an activist, a workshop developer, role model, author, challenging homophobia, educator, and so, so much more. I'd like to welcome Daniel Whithouse, who is the CEO of the National Institute of Changing Homophobia. Challenging known, Homophobia. Yeah, otherwise known as Niche. <laughs> niche. Um, uh, welcome, Daniel. Thanks so much for having me. You, you, you lot should do my PR. That's a great introduction. <laughs> Thank you. I've been working on this for for quite a few weeks. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> So, Daniel, look, thank you once again for coming in today. I know you've got a jam-packed, busy week with everything that you do. Um, so you work in the sex and sexuality, gender-diverse, GLBTIQ uh, arena, um, has spanned for quite a few years, dating back to the, to the mid-90s when you graduated from university. Before you were born. No, no, I, I was born. <laughs> I was born. Um, look, so, so what, what, is it, what does it mean to you to work in this arena? Um, look, I've got this, this unique opportunity to, to work in my own community. I think that there's so many people I speak to who just say, look, I'd, I'd love to know how to give back. And let's be honest, um, you know, society doesn't give us many kind of um, um, easy ways to get involved. And, you know, people say, I'd love to go in and speak to young people and work in schools or, you know, I'd like to do some of the, the, the projects that you work on. But, but you know, life isn't um, making it easy for us to get involved. So I, I feel so fortunate that I can work with my people, the LGBTI and et cetera communities. Um, yeah, and it's, I'm, I'm stoked to be able to do that and for so long since the 1990s, as you said. Fantastic. That's, that's great. And, and so you're, you're Geelong born and bred. So you're, you're one of the regional, the regional members of the GLBTI community. What, how is that, how has being born and bred in a regional town developed and shaped your your ideas of challenging homophobia? Well, look, um, you know, early on, um, I think that, that even though Geelong is quite metropolitan for a regional area, um, I, I think that I was always conscious of we were, we were missing out in some way. So it was always, we heard stories of gay people, you know, back in the, the, the 80s and the 90s, but it was always in Melbourne and Sydney. Um, and even though it's an hour away from Melbourne, it was this psychological distance that people found it hard to get, you know, get over. And for so many years, people said, look, if you're gay, just go up the highway to Melbourne. Otherwise, you know, like <laughs> stuff it, stay in the closet. And, and that was the only option. And I guess for me, I wanted to, to do something about that. As if that was going to be good enough. Wow. Yeah. Go, go up the road to Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> and, and how many 16-year-olds who don't have a licence yet... Can, I mean, just the physicality of, of even doing that, the safety of doing that, and, 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 lying and that anyone on, should have to. And lying to get on a train and finding the money to do so and all that stuff about access. It just, yeah, it was yeah. So, something that I didn't think was good enough. Click on the podcast tab via the new Joy website for the, the best, best of Joy. Joy. Joy.org.au. Having a cuppa chat and a, and a good old chinwag with Daniel Whithouse. Daniel, you've written a couple of a couple of books, uh, Beyond Beyond That So Gay, 
Beyond Priscilla, which came out last year, around this time last year. As you do. As, as you do. As you do. What as, will I do? I'll write a couple of books. And, and launch it at midsummer. Yeah. And <laughs> and you've also written a couple of workshops, developed workshops, uh, Pride and Prejudice as well. But your most recent book, which which we said was launched at midsummer 2014, Beyond Priscilla, took you on a 266-day tour around Australia to some of the most interesting and confronting places. The book, uh, the book is about one gay man, one gay truck, and a big idea challenging homophobia one couple at a time. Can you tell us about this book? Yeah, look, I, I had the chance to drive around the country, as you said, for 266 consecutive day days um, in my openly gay truck called Bruce. Um, and on that tour, I got to speak to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of LGBTI people in every nook and cranny of this country. And I got to the end of my tour and... and I guess the feedback I listened to was uh, rural people who said, we don't have our own everyday LGBTI stories reflected back at us. We're lucky to hear these stories, but usually they're from Melbourne or Sydney. We want to hear our own. So I put together Beyond Priscilla, which was, uh, I guess, a, a collection of those stories. So people can get a sense about the characters in regional areas. That's that's pretty amazing, and and you know I, I'm from a regional area where where I met you uh, back back in 2011. So you know I'd like I'd like to find out you know we were we were talking about you know moving moving to the big smoke. I moved to Melbourne 18 months ago, uh, and and you know the books talk about people who are comfortable in their communities in the regional area because that's where they know what they know and mm-hmm. and how they know everything mm-hmm. how what does what does it mean to you what does this mean to you when i think about people um moving uh to the big smoke um i think of all the stories of where people have said look the reason why i had to move was because um in my rural community i felt like there was this intense spotlight that was on me I was trying to figure out who I was and figuring out who I wanted to be. Mm. And under that pressure, under that intensity of that spotlight, I didn't think that I could do it. So many people say that they move away in order to have the anonymity and the options that that the Big Smoke Mm -hmm. provides. But interestingly, I heard lots of stories about people who said, look, you know, I I moved away and I said, you know, there's no way I'm ever bloody coming back. (laughs) But a lot of people said that having that time in the city to find out who they are, you know, who they really are and who they wanted to be gave them the confidence to then go back to their original community Mm. and live their lives in ways in which they never expected to. Because you give up a whole heap of support as well, don't you? You know, if you leave your community, you're you're not just leaving, you know, the corner store. You're not just leaving, you know, the the roads you know. You're leaving people who, you're not leaving all the bad. It's not all bad. I guess that's part of it, isn't it? There might be difficult times that you're experiencing, but it's not all bad. And and one of the stories that I I tell in my book is a a young man called Jack. And and he says, look, I I think I'm going to have to move from a a rural area in South Australia to Adelaide in order to find a boyfriend. But I don't want to because I have everything I need here. I have my family, I have my friends, I have my job. I really love this place that I've grown up Mm. uh, up in. Mm. All I'm lacking is a boyfriend. And so to to kind of give that up Mm. and just say, I'm just going to throw that away because so many people say, I came to the city for a boyfriend. I might have got one, but but, but I I just kind of felt like there was something missing all of that time, like you said. 
Yeah, yes. and going moving to Adelaide, really from a country town, uh, you know, I mean, my condolences in the first place. If you like, if you like <laughs> churches, it's the place to be. It yeah. is, and some good parks. Yep. So, so in 2011, uh, you spoke on Insight that, that airs on SBS, talking about gays in schools. Uh, so, what is it that gives you the drive to to produce these documents, training resources, uh, to for battling homophobia in schools? Well, the, the motivation for me is quite simple. Um, I, I started working, you know, many, many years ago in schools in Geelong. And one of the things I noticed was that teachers weren't necessarily saying we're never going to do this work. It was just that they had lots and lots of excuses. And so my job, as I saw it, was to collect as many different excuses and to come up with things that remove those. So if it means that I need a package with session plans and a handout and that's going to make me do it, then fine. If it means that you need some kind of example of what other schools have done, then fine. If you need strategies for everyday classrooms, I'll get those for you too. It was it was, it was was how can I get something that's going to be practical that people can use in their everyday classrooms that's going to remove as many as, uh, excuses as possible because this work is too important. Yeah, and that's, and that's a really good point. Like as far as giving people the tools, people can have the best of intention, but if they, they're either afraid of doing or saying the wrong thing or where do I even start? And you've taken that barrier away. If people are, there are people listening, people who've gone back to school and there are some, some teachers who are still out there, where can they get those sorts of resources? What's the way that they can... Can can yeah engage with those resources to use in the classroom. Look, the the, the first thing that I'd say is that um, they could always go to my website, which is thatsogay.com.au. But if not, there are other places. So I know that the Safe Schools Coalition um, Australia is starting up and has so many resources, mm. as does the Gay and Lesbian Health Victoria. So glhv.org.au. They're a clearinghouse for lots of things like research. Um, I guess I guess where I I differ is that I'm always looking at what what can be done practically. Yeah. So. So I do know that there are great people working in the space, but we do have a lack of that focus on what people are going to do if someone says that's so gay or faggot or dyke at 3 p.m. on Friday afternoon mm. in the school. Yeah, right. And, and that's pretty confronting. And that's, you know, the faggot and, and the gay and poofta are things that I had to deal with when I was growing up in northern New South Wales. Mm. So, so for our regional, rural and remote listeners out there, what what would you say to them, to those listeners that are finding it hard to come to terms with their sexuality? Um, look, it, it, um, you know, everybody has their own journey, but uh, all I can do is say that, um, you know, what have hundreds and hundreds of LGBTI people said to me about coming into their own and getting more comfortable in their skin? And, and what they say is that the biggest difference is not necessarily that they have a Mardi Gras in town or they have, you know, <laughs> festivals or organisations. The thing that matters most to them is that they have at least five supportive people around them. Mm. So who are the people that um, you can have around you who will kind of provide a buffer for all of the crap we know that lots of people will get anywhere in Australia, let alone whether it's the city or not. Mm. So I would I would encourage people to think about who are the people who you can get bear hugs from, have cuppers with and, and share how you're feeling. Mm, that sense of support. And you said five. Is that for any particular reason? Well, I think that for me it's, it's that um, five... 
five gives you the opportunity to get people from different spheres of your life. So it's not five family members, five friends, five people from school. It means that you can have different people in different pockets mm. and areas of your life. And the trouble is, if you have one supportive you know, friend or, or worker, what happens when they move on? Yeah, All of a sudden, your support yeah. is gone. So, yeah. so what I try and encourage people to do in rural areas when they're working with you know, young people especially is to build up that base of support. Now, it's not something you can do overnight. And sometimes you might need to call a, you know, call a number or to get online. But, mm. but whatever you need to do, please get that support around. Joy! Daniel, thank you so much again for your time today. It is great to have you in the studio here. So we'd like, we'd like to briefly touch on Beyond Priscilla. Now, that has been turned into a play that is at Gasworks. That's going to be at Gasworks? Yeah, so tomorrow night they've got playtime, which are four four play readings that are going to happen. And Gavin Roach, who wrote Confessions of a Grinder Addict, has actually turned Beyond Priscilla into a play that's going to be reading tomorrow Fantastic. night. So That's amazing. I can uh, tell you, I'm, I think that you'll have a very entertaining night if you go along to that. But it's on the same night as your show as well. Which means I can't go along and see it, so I'm absolutely spewing <laughs> oh, no. it. I, I booked my venue when they when they announced that. But yeah, tonight, if people get down to Hairs and Hyenas, it's also tomorrow night. T- tonight and tomorrow night, they can come and see my show. Um, it's an 8 o'clock start. Um, we know that there are few tickets mm. left for tonight. Before we came on air, I saw that there were only 10 tickets left for tonight. And there will be, I do know that there'll be walk-ups. So please, mm. uh, if you can book them online at trybooking.com, com.au as well as you can go to the Hairs and Hyenas Word is Out um, website as well as you could go to the Midsummer um, yeah and you might see me um, spruiking and handing out postcards on the street so come up and give me a bear hug bear hugs yeah. as well fantastic nice. I think there'll be plenty of those definitely I know I'll give you one tonight yeah. so when I when I come along look it is obvious that you are very passionate and about contributing to the regional rural and remote community if I'd like to throw a question to you If you had a chance to speak to your younger self, what advice or insight might you give? Um... I'll actually be talking about that in my show tonight. So well done, Eamon. You, you didn't realise <laughs> that, but but look, I would I would um, bear hug myself and tell me that it's all going to be okay, and I would give the same advice about about um, trying to get the the right people around me, the right supportive people. Um, and I I might because I have the benefit of hindsight talk about who those who those best people would be because I know now who they would have been. So oh, it wouldn't yeah, that be yeah. great to yeah, be able to do that? It would be, but also I wouldn't be here right now. But yes, yes. Mm. Yeah. Thank you so much again, Daniel. It has been great having you in the studio, as as we've said. Uh, if if you'd like more information about Daniel Widhouse, the work he does, the bear hugs he gives, and, and his <laughs> amazing books, you can go to his website, www.thatsogay.com.au. Thanks for listening to Another Joy podcast, brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.